turn to Matthew 8, Matthew chapter 8. Now, if you looked at our marquee on the way in, our, our LED sign out front, it said, Finding Your Greatest Purpose. And then it said, Sunday, 10 a.m. Finding Your Greatest Purpose. Well, we're not going to do that today. <laughs> um, it's okay. We'll leave it up there for later. But I, I prayed about this. And I'm not going to be bound by something just because we put it on the, on the sign that we have to do that. Um, sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak to you at the last minute and say, even though you got it on the sign, I've got something else that the people really need. And what we really need is what we've been talking about. Healing. Healing and knowing in our hearts that God wants us healed and it's not just a side issue with Him. So in Matthew chapter 8, I want to read verses 1 through 3 again. And if you actually, we're not going to do it, but if you back up to chapter uh, 5, 6, and 7, Jesus just got, just got done teaching and preaching about a ton of stuff. And it set the stage for somebody to be healed. The Bible talks about they came to hear Him and to be healed of their diseases. So hearing a lot of times comes before the healing. So if you, sometimes you can't just come for what you think you need. You've got to come for what leads up to what you need. And a lot of people, they'll see healings, they'll see people delivered, but they don't see what that person did that led up to that being able to happen. Well, they heard teaching now for quite a while in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Now in chapter 8, their faith is sky high. Man, they're ready to receive healing. And this is where it brings us to right here in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. So go ahead and put that. When Jesus was come down from the mountains, great multitudes followed him. And check this out. There came a leper, incurable disease, as far as the world's concerned. And this leper worshipped the Lord, had great respect, saying, Lord, if you will, or if you want to, you can make me clean. So let's stop here for a second again, and let's remind ourselves that the leper knew that Jesus was able to heal him. He says, you can't, but do you want to? Now, to me, that's... That's just not right. If somebody can help you and they don't want to, that's weird. I'd rather them want to and not be able to than to be able to, I don't want to. But a lot of people today are like this. And if, you really, if people really slow down and think what they're... What they're Believing at that moment, it's, it's like ridiculous. Okay, God, you're all powerful and, and, and you can heal me. You can relieve me of this pain, but I'm not sure if you want to. That's a problem. It's a big problem. Just, just believing God can heal you does not mean you will get healed. You got to know something else if you want your faith to rise up. And really receive from the Lord what He wants you to have. You gotta know He wants you healed. You gotta know He's a Father. You gotta know that this is not a side issue with the Lord. He wants you healed just like He wants you not going to hell. He wants you healed just like He wants you staying out of sin. He wants you healed. Big deal to the Lord. If you don't believe it's a big deal, watch the clip in the Passion where Jesus is at the whipping post. Because by His stripes ye were healed. Hmm? It's on YouTube. You can actually pull it up on YouTube, uh, the chastising of the Lord. You know, pe people don't realize this, but 
The whipping in the court of Pontius Pilate had a specific cause connected with it. Going to the tree and being crucified was for our sins. Why go by the whipping post? Why not just go straight to the cross? And all of this was allowed and actually directed by heaven so we could be free. Why the blood and the body? Why is there two elements of communion? Why not just the blood? Now you find out in 1 Peter 2.24, he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. And then it says, and by his stripes we were healed. And if you look at all the cross-references to 1 Peter 2.24, Matthew 8, Isaiah 53, all of it is talking about physical healing. No, pastor, he's talking about our spirits being healed. No such thing. And besides that, you and I needed more than a healed spirit to be saved. We needed to become new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away. All things become new. We didn't need healing on the inside. We needed exterminated and a new being needed to come on the scene. I'm a new creation. We sang it this morning, right? I am a new creation. Old things are passed away. Obviously, that's not in the outward because you still got the same body after you're saved. If you had a big nose before you were saved, you got a big nose after you're saved, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> if you had curly hair before you were saved, you probably got curly hair after you're saved. Right? right? Yeah. If you have blue eyes before you're saved, you got blue eyes after you're saved. So all things becoming new must not be in the physical, must be something inside. Well, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. If you're born again, if you're a believer in Jesus, you became new on the inside. And that's the most important part of you. But the Lord did provide healing for the body. Did you ever read the scripture where it says in 1 Corinthians that Jesus is the Savior of the body? What does that mean? Well, it means what James said. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. If he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. The prayer of faith will save the sick. Why did he use the word save? Because healing is a part of salvation. People think salvation only includes forgiveness of sins and a ticket to heaven. No, there's many things that accompany salvation. Forget not all his benefits. Right? Forgives our iniquities, heals all our diseases. Um, before, we, before we move on here, let's finish this verse. A leper came to him, worshipped him, and said, Lord, if you want to, you can make me clean. I believe you can. Not sure you want to. What happens when people get rid of the unsurety of his will? Well, healing is going to show up. Because it's going to do wonders for your faith. You're going to take, take what he provided. Um, Read the next verse, okay? So Jesus said, he put forth his hand, touched this man who had a very contagious disease. Can I just stop here for a second? Yeah. Carl and I talk about this quite a bit. Yeah. How many think healing is contagious? <laughs> I, w w we know sickness is contagious, yeah. but how many know healing is contagious? Yeah. Why not? Hmm? Yeah. 
Why would we be more afraid to get sick from somebody contagious with a sickness than us getting them healed because of us being contagious with healing? Now, don't do it if your faith's not there. I mean, don't, don't operate like that if your faith is not there. But we need to meditate on these things so we get there in faith as quickly as possible. I believe the healing power of God is way more powerful and way more contagious than any sickness or disease on this planet. We need to retrain our thinking, stay in the Word long enough till it's real to us, and then begin ministering to a sick world, right? With the contagiousness of healing. <laughs> and this is where you really find out where you're at in faith. So he put forth his hand, touched this man with an incurable disease, as far as man's concerned, saying, I will. Whoo! This man had a problem. He didn't know if the Lord wanted to heal him or not. That's a big, big problem. And when that problem is fixed, it's not hard at all to receive healing from the Lord. When you know he... Now, one translation says the Lord said, of course I want to. One translation says, I'm desiring it with all my heart to heal you. Showing the power of compassion of God toward all sick people. Now, nobody else asked him this question and they all got healed because they realized he must want it because he's healing others and he's no respecter of persons. Of course, he wants to be healed. But this man was not healed until he heard, I will. And there's a lot of people today aren't going to be healed until they hear with their heart, I will. Because you can hear that with your brain and still not believe it in your heart. And it's still not be that big. If God wants you healed, shake off that disease. Who has resisted his will? I mean, God wants you free. What's he going to do? Save your spirit and help you be born again, but not have enough power to heal your body? Here's the thing. If God gave you the biggest miracle you could ever receive while you're a sinner, why would he withhold physical healing now that you're his dear child? It's not a God withholding. It's a people not being taught. Healing hasn't passed away. If people aren't seeing healing, faith for healing has passed away. God's not the great I was. He's the great I am. Right? I mean, it would be a forgery to say anything else. God is I am, not I was. He wants people healed just as much today as he ever has. But a lot of people don't know that. They have no faith for it because they're not hearing preaching that builds their faith for it. Some of them are even hearing things that are the opposite that will help them get healed. How about you have to watch out about what teachings you're going to let into your life, especially if you're needing divine healing from the Lord. If you're hearing teachings like, well, it's, it's God's will that some be healed, that's not going to help you be healed. How do you know you're one of the lucky ones? You better be he- hearing teaching that God wants everybody healed if you want faith for healing. Because God does want everybody healed. If you don't believe me, listen to the last four or five messages we've taught on this mess- series here in this church. God wants you healed more than you want to be healed. But sometimes, you know... 
Sometimes you just have to quit waiting for God to do stuff and receive what He's already done. Did you know healing is not a promise of God anymore? It's a redemption fact ready for anybody to take. God did not promise to heal you. He said, by His stripes you were healed. If He was promising to heal you, He would have said, by His stripes, someday I'm going to heal you. I promise. I promise. Someday I'm... No. God said, by His stripes you were healed. Past tense. That's not a promise. People are waiting for promises to happen when they've already happened. It's a fact. By His stripes you were healed. You know what people, you know what you need to do? You need to quit waiting for God to do something and take what He's already done. Yeah. Is God not giving or are people not taking? What do you mean take? Well, He made you a partaker. Colossians chapter 1. He's made you a partaker of the inheritance. Are you taking anything? No, I'm just waiting for stuff to come. Well, don't blame God for not t- giving you what He's already given you just because you didn't take it. Right. And, and let me say this too. Jesus said, I will be clean. Is he telling the man to do something? Yeah, he's telling him to be clean. What would you do if the Lord came up to you right now and said, be healed? Would you just wait or would you be healed? Would you just wait for something to overpower you or would you be healed? This is a good question because he told the man to do something. He said, dude, be healed. I mean, no, he could have said, I, I can't, I don't, I don't, and he wouldn't have received his healing. He obviously obeyed the Lord and got healed. Now, when the Lord tells you to be healed, he's speaking to your heart, your spirit, the real you, the hidden man on the inside. And if that man responds properly in faith, you'll see the healing of even an incurable disease in your body. Come on, what if the Lord came up to you right now and said, be healed? What would you do? Most people go, I would just wait and see what happens. And you wouldn't get anything. I mean, think about it. If the Lord came up to you right now and said, be healed, what would you do? Because be healed are words telling you you have to do something. It's not hard. But since people have been so untaught in these areas, they don't even know where they're, they don't even know they are a spirit, let alone believe from that part of their life. (sighs) Be, Be clean, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. The guy was quick. Now, turn to Mark chapter 11. I'm going to share a couple things with you here before we're done that's going to help you receive. No, pastor, we got to get God to give. No, you don't. You need to work on you receiving. One of the greatest things that will help you receive healing from the Lord is to know in your heart that it's His will that you're healed. This is not a side issue with the Lord. He wants you healed more than you want your kids healed. And if you're not excited about that, camp on these scriptures long enough until you get excited about it. So look here in Mark 11. Let's read verse 22. We'll read a few verses here. We're going to take our time. Sometimes we, we fly over these scriptures because we've heard them so many times. But Mark 11, look at verse 22. Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. So, he just spoke to a tree. If you read the previous verses. They were walking by. He was hungry. He saw a fig tree. 
There was no fruit on it. He spoke to the tree and said, no one's going to eat fruit of you hereafter forever. Disciples heard it. They went on their way. Came back not very long at all later, and the fig tree was dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said, Lord, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. I wanted to say something about that just for a minute here. Jesus spoke negatively to a tree, and the Bible calls that a curse. Right. I want to show you something here. How I many there might be something in your life once in a while you might need to speak negatively to? Right. Like a tumor that's trying to develop? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh? Something in your body that's trying. How I many know you might want to go ahead and speak negatively to that? Yeah. Do you want it to dry up? Yeah. Do you want it to leave? Yeah. Then don't just treat it, rebuke it. Okay, now, church, come on, listen. How, I've asked this question before. Some of you still haven't got it yet, and you're still struggling, and you wouldn't be struggling if you would have done what the Lord told you. Are you ready? Yes. If you really want to be like Jesus, and you really want to see results in your life, you're going to have to live and do some things He did. Like, live like Him and do some things He did. You know one of the things He did often? He rebuked stuff that wasn't right. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you want to see results, supernatural results in your life, you're going to have to rebuke some stuff once in a while. You're going to have to look at your own body, see a problem in your body, and go, I rebuke this problem. Dry up, die, leave my life. Right. Yep. You, you preach those things, and people out in the world, and a lot of Christians who never heard these things, it just goes right over their head. What are you talking to? Something and believing something's going to change. Who do you think you are? Um, I'll tell you who I know I am. All right? I know that I am made in the image and likeness of God. Do you ever read that in Genesis chapter 1? God said, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness. And let him have dominion <laughs> over all the earth. And anything that creeps upon the earth. Well, the devil's a creep. So you've got dominion over him. Right? Well, who do you think you are speaking? Well, let me just, let's just settle this thing right here. Why would you think it's weird that I speak to something and expect it to change when I'm made in the image and likeness of God? Did he speak and get any results? Did God speak and get any results? Then why can't we speak at times and see results? Did he say, let there be light? Did light come on the scene? 186,000 miles a second? Hasn't stopped yet. Over 6,000 years and it's still flying. But it all started not because he thought it, not because he needed it, not just because he wanted it. He said, let there be light. I like God. Our Father wants us to learn to get results like he gets results. Doesn't every father want their child to follow them as they're doing right and, and getting good results? Doesn't every father want that? The Bible says, be imitators of God as dear children. Right? Jesus, in these next few verses, Jesus is simply teaching us how to get results like our Father gets results. Believe in your heart and say with your mouth and believe that what you say shall come to pass. Hmm? I just don't know why God's not taking away this sickness. Did you rebuke it? <laughs> Did you rebuke it? Right. Rebuke, what does that mean? That means say no to it. Resist it. Right. 
So Jesus speaks to the fig tree and says, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. So Peter said, Lord, the fig tree you cursed is withered away. People don't realize this, but they are speaking curses over their lives constantly by speaking negative. Right. It's more than just negative talk. The Bible translates negative talk as cursing. Right. I don't know what we're going to do. We're never going to get these bills paid. Why would you want to curse yourself in the midst of your problems? Wouldn't you want to speak blessings and come out of the problem? People say, you're weird for speaking to a growth on your body. You're weird for speaking to your blood. You're weird for speaking to your bones and commanding disease to leave. Not any more weird than you when you kicked your car and called it a four-letter word because it didn't go, right? By the stupid car, the dumb toaster, bomb, 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 bomb. You're talking to stuff. Why isn't that weird? Why, is, why isn't that weird? Huh? Take, take this serious. Oh my goodness, the time is short. There's so many healings that need to pop forth. I'm telling you. So I'm reading my book, right? Uh, uh, the Natural Way to Better Eyesight. How to Improve Your Vision Without Contact Lenses or Glasses by the American Vision Institute. And they have a chapter in there called Aversion Therapy. It, they have all these eye exercises, you know, these really cool exercises where you roll your eyes and, and you just get your eyes strong. Because a lot of people's eyes aren't sick, they're just weak. They put glasses on for 20 years and now their eyes haven't worked for 20 years and they think their eyes are sick. Your eyes are weak. You might need to exercise them like people who don't wear glasses constantly do without even thinking. And I'm reading this book and one of the booster techniques is called aversion therapy. They say if you have two pairs of glasses, an older pair or whatever, you know, he said, get the older pair and, and, and look at that older pair of glasses and say, I'll not be needing you much longer. My eyes are getting, but this is my secular doctors. I'll not be needing my glasses much longer. He said, they said, take those glasses and throw them on the ground. Get, get some adrenaline flowing. And then they said, stomp on them. That second pair, because you might still need the other pair to drive, okay? <laughs> Until the healing manifests. All right? So they step on those glasses and, and just shout, I'll not have to wear these glasses ever again. And then the doctors go on to explain this technique. Quote, I'm quoting now exactly. You ready? The doctors, the doctor said, the medical doctor said this. Studies of cancer patients have shown Spontaneous remission occurs most often in patients who curse and revile their tumors. See, they're tapping into the power of God and not even realizing, unless they're believers, I don't know. So they said spontaneous remission occurs most often. Now, what are we talking about? We're, not, we're talking about what Jesus taught us here. Did he, who's the one that talked about speaking to mountains? Is that Pastor John? No. Is this weird? It's weird to people who are so natural-minded, have no recollection they're the offspring of God, have no recollection of the realm of the Spirit, no recollection of the Father and how He got things created. It's like, yeah, it goes over people's head, but it doesn't mean it's not true. It just means people have been in such a low-level state for so long that when somebody comes on the scene and says, you don't have to be a victim, you can be a victor. It blows their mind. One of the main reasons there's so much junk in the body of Christ today is because people are putting up with it when they shouldn't be putting up with it. 
sometimes you just got to put your foot down and say, I'm not putting up with this disease any longer. I'm a child of God. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Any one of you in this room right now can see a miracle if you just get bold enough about it. Just, there's things I've had to speak in my life. I've had to speak over, actually, probably the greatest way I've seen deliverance in my life is when I got fed up with the problem and rebuked it like the Lord told me to. And then believed the rebuke worked, even though nothing immediately changed. I believe something was happening. I've seen disease, I've seen sickness, I've seen certain things on my body disappear. Some of it not immediately, some of it over time as I stayed in faith that my rebuke worked, but it all left. And it's so good to be free. I say, Lord, would you please take this away? He goes, no, you knock it away. You got faith. I had to do that with fear. I know when I first got saved, I had a battle with fear, and it was just not a normal fear. It was a demonic fear. And Finally, the Lord said to me, Son, I'm not going to keep delivering you from this. You need to stand against it yourself or you'll never grow up. Stand against it. Rebuke it yourself. Because he'll carry you when you're a baby. But after a while, he expects you to grow up. Well, I know what I'll do when I'm sick. I'll just, I'll just ask my spiritual daddy to do it again, or I'll just ask my pastor to do it again, or I'll just ask my spouse to do it again. They may be able to get you healed once or twice on their faith, but after that, God's going to require you to believe God. Yep. Brother Hagen found this out firsthand with his sister who had, had got cancer. Kenneth Hagen, a lot of our spiritual father, he, his sister got cancer, and Brother Hagen prayed for her, and she was immediately healed on his faith. She was immediately healed on her brother's faith. Totally healed. Cancer, totally gone. Five years later, cancer comes back to, the, to her, to Brother Hagen's sister. And he went to pray for her, and the Lord said, I'm sorry. Your faith won't work for her this time. She's had five years to grow in faith. You're preaching on the radio every day, and she hasn't listened to one sermon in five years on faith. And the Lord said I, she, she needed to grow up in faith, and she chose not to. She's going to come home. Don't pray for her. She's coming home early. And she died. Well, the lesson in that is this. You might, we might be able to get healed on somebody else's faith once or twice. And parents, you might be able to get your kids healed once or twice. And when they're younger, that's different. But when they're of age and they can get in the Word and they know better, after that, people better grow in faith. This is serious stuff. Because I have a revelation for people. God will let you die. I mean, He expects measurable progress in reasonable time. Right, church? He expects measurable progress in reasonable time. I mean, I figured if God let people go to hell, He'd let people die of a disease. And all while, it's not His will at all. We have to get out of this no-fault Christianity zone. I don't know why I didn't get healed. I don't know why they didn't get healed. Uh, 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 but it sure wasn't me. It must be God's will. Did you ever think that maybe you could learn how to pray a little better? 
maybe learn a little bit more about faith? Come on, I, I got to close here. Look, look at the rest of these scriptures. Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. This is right after you cursed the fig tree, right? Verily I say unto you, that means truly I say unto you, Jesus said, whosoever, say I'm a whosoever. We're going way beyond the 12 disciples here. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Now how could he teach this? Because even the people that weren't born again were the offspring of God. Even people that are not born again are made in the image and likeness of God. This works a million times better if you're born again. But even people that are not born again have way more power than they realize simply because they are the offspring of God. And if you have kids that go to a school that teach evolution and they're going to start making kids believe that way, you need to rise up and say, you are not ever going to believe that stuff. You are not from slime. You are the offspring of God. I don't know why. The, it seems like the world's really into, you know, building up self-esteem and, and being a blessing. And then why do they reject creation? Because what a great self-esteem builder. God's my father. That's better than some fish. <laughs> right? Don't you think that's better? I mean, they're, they're really into helping self-esteem, but telling you at the same time, well, your, uh, your, your uncle is a monkey. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Then have self-esteem classes because you're really going to need them. What if we told our kids the truth? Yeah. Creator of the universe is your daddy yeah. if you're born again. Okay, whoever shall say to this mountain or this big giant thing that needs moved, cancer, whatever, be removed. That's not God, that's you talking. And be cast into the sea or wherever, toilet, whatever. <laughs> and shall not doubt in his heart. Oh, so you got to get your heart involved, not just your mouth. But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Next verse. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire... When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I'm going to, just for time's sake, I'm going to make it clear. These two verses go together. You can get results by saying or you can get results by praying and saying. Because even if you pray something and talk like it didn't work, you just unraveled your good prayer by the law of Mark 11:23. If you're going to pray for something, talk like your prayer worked. Amen. And don't cast away your confidence because some things take a while to appear. Even seeds that you plant in the ground. A lot of stuff has to happen in the invisible world before you see anything sprout in the visible world. Just know that when you pray and claim something, the progress has begun. The process has begun. Things are, and if you will stay in the realm of I believe I got it, even though it doesn't feel like I, if you'll stay in that realm of faith, you'll see results. I don't know why sometimes it takes a while. I have no idea. But God didn't lie. And if you'll stay in the realm of, I believe I receive it. Now, 
in closing, <laughs> that realm most people are oblivious to. In closing, let me just share this with you. Daniel chapter 10, it says that Daniel entered into a time of very serious praying and fasting that lasted 21 days. He had got into some intense, he actually it said he ate no pleasant bread. What that simply means is he abstained from some stuff that was pleasant to him. It wasn't a total fast. He abstained from some pleasant stuff like video games and TV and movies. How many know if you want to see some results at times because of the warfare arrayed against you to receive from the Lord, there's going to be some times you're going to have to fast some pleasant stuff. Right. Stuff that's pleasant to you, that you like doing, so you can press into God and believe long enough until things can change. So Daniel's praying for 21 days. I always wondered what would happen if he would have said, man, after the 20th day, it's been 20 days, I'm going home, this ain't working. There'd be nothing to write about in Daniel 10. But he stuck with it until, what a key word, until. So he's praying, he's seeking the Lord, sought God for 21 days. He's, he's not fleshing out. He's got his eyes on God, not on the world. He's got this season of praying and consecrating to the Lord. And all of a sudden, the angel Gabriel appears to him and said, Daniel, whew, he like falls on the dirt, man. He's like shaking and trembling. The, the angel touched him. He got back on his feet and he st stood strong after a while. And the angel said, Daniel, you could read this all in Daniel chapter 10. The angel said, Daniel, oh, greatly beloved. He said, I was sent to you with the answer to your prayer the very first day you started praying. But 21 days later, here I am. And the angel tells him what happened which shows the importance of us not giving up just because we don't see no changes. The angel said, Daniel, from the first day you, got, you set yourself to humble yourself before the Lord, the, the first day, you know, 21 days ago, I was sent. But he said, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days. But lo, Michael, the chief prince, came and fought with those evil princes so I could get free, get to the earth, and give you what you need. And the angel said, I have come for your words. How many know you're going to have to be saying something right if you want the angels to come and assist you in certain areas. Right. Say this, I'm a child of God. Made in the image and likeness of God. I'm done putting up with disease, I'm done up sickness, with sickness, fear, fear lack, lack, bondage, bondage addictions. addictions. I speak against those things. I Stand up with me, church. <laughs> 